Hey everyone, it's Nate. Welcome or welcome back to the Not Church Podcast. I'm so glad you are here. We created this podcast and Facebook group for you to have a place to be honest about where you're at with faith stuff. Sometimes we aren't comfortable having those conversations in churches, so the idea is that we can have them here at Not Church, and our Facebook group is the best way to do that. If you like what you hear, or you are a regular listener, can you please make sure to join our Facebook group, share this podcast, and subscribe so you can stay up to date? Either way, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and it inspires you to consider or reconsider taking your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Not Church Podcast. I am so excited that you are here. Oh, man, today is going to be such a good episode. So I am so glad that you are here. Um, if this is your first time, welcome. If first time back in a while, glad that you're back. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for making this podcast happen. So we're so glad if uh, if you haven't been with us, what we've been doing recently, so not church, kind of the idea, as I say in the intro, is like the idea is like want to have conversations or spark conversations or thoughts that, you know, sometimes like, they're just things that we don't want to talk about in church because we're scared we'll get judged or maybe we've been judged for saying things. And so I want to be able to talk about that stuff, but talk about it in the freedom and just whatever thinking, feeling, whatever we're trying to figure out, just, just do that because it's okay to have these conversations. And so for people that aren't comfortable having them in church the idea is let's have them here at not church and so what we've been doing is we're just looking over the life of jesus because there's just a lot of that's the central figure in christianity and so we've been looking at that we've been looking through the book of john because john is just a very unique and interesting account of the life of jesus partly because it's one of the later ones written and john's like looking back over his life and writing down after everything he's seen and just some of the takeaways he has for looking over his life is just fascinating to me like one of the things that i've been saying like the thing that fascinates me is that like John would have experienced a lot of pain and hurt, yet he looks back on that and he is confident that Jesus is the hope and the light of the world. And that's just this theme we see running throughout. And it's, and he's just confident in that. He's confident in the idea that God is love. Like that's, he's the one that we get that idea from. And it just, he's so confident in that even after all the pain and struggles he saw, he knew life wasn't perfect, life wasn't good, but he knew that Jesus was worth following so we've been looking at those stories highly encourage you to go back and listen if you haven't listened to them but we're going to jump right into today's story because it's a it's an interesting one and it's just it's kind of crazy sometimes like when i prepare for these it just intersects with where my life is at so probably share a little bit of that but last week uh previously on not church uh, what we saw was that there's this story of this man that gets healed by a pool. Uh, superstition is why he, for 38 years, he laid by this pool hoping he'd get healed. And Jesus did something to intentionally piss off the religious people. 
um, to make a point about who he was and his hope for the world. And so it's a crazy story. If you don't like religious people, uh, last week's story is for you because uh, Jesus struggled with them too. So you find that story interesting. Uh, and, and, and I give a lot of insights there that if anybody's ever used religion to hurt you, there's a lot of stuff you can take from last week's story. Uh, it's kind of funny. But that was last week. And so that happened. And so the next thing that happens um, is is a famous story that when I start reading it and you like hear some of it and I start commenting on it, it's easy if you've grown up or been around church to jump ahead to the end and think, oh, I already know how this ends. Like I don't need to listen to this. But I want us to walk through some of this because this, and no matter where you are, who you are, what you believe, this this impacts your life. Even if you're like, I don't believe any of this. I can't believe my friend sent me this episode to listen to. This impacts your life. Um, and so I just want you to check it out. So here's the idea is that. So in John six, you can follow along fact check any list anytime you want to. It says this, that sometime after this, that previous story that we talked about last week, Jesus crossed over to the far shore of the sea of Galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Now, obviously, that just, okay, whatever little intro, and obviously that makes sense. If you're healing people, okay, people are going to be like, hey, yo, 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 I'm sick, come here. Like They're going to want anybody that's hurt, needs healing, you're going to cling to that hope and follow him. So great crowd of people. So it says that Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Again, just a small detail, but what that means is that a lot of people would be traveling um, and coming towards them. And Jesus observes that. He says in verse 5, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? Now, here's what introduces the tension in our lives. Because... Jesus, it says this, that he asked this only to test him for Jesus. He already knew what he had in mind, what he was going to do. But this is this is where this intersects with your life no matter what because this is what you feel. You see a problem. You see a problem developing, something that needs to happen. Like you can look at it and be like, oh, somebody needs to address this. Like this has the potential to be a real issue. Maybe even feeling Jesus calling you to do something. Like if you're a Jesus follower, you're like, I know I should address these things in my life, or I know that I should address this issue in the world. And like, and it can be big or small. And like, you know, like, hey, I just, when you think about it late at night or early in the morning, your heart just breaks and you're just like, man, just like, you just can see clearly what needs to be done and, and it breaks your heart and you see it, right? And you know what you would do if money was an issue, if time was an issue, education, experience, whatever it is. You just know what you would do. But then doubt comes in and you're and this is the thing that you're like, you know you don't have all the resources that you need to do something. You don't even know where you start. You have a million things. And if you're a Jesus follower, you're like, God, you know, I would do this. But and we have a million reasons we'd give. Now, I set this up before I read the next verse because if you if you ever feel like that you don't have enough faith or you're not smart enough or resourced enough or you have too much doubt, here's the good news. This next verse gives me confidence that one, this story isn't made up because who would make this up? 
Now you, the the people writing this look so bad in this, but so if you're making it up, they would they would <laughs> they would make themselves look better. But then the other thing is, is that it gives me hope that even with my doubts and my struggles, that I'm not alone because this next verse is so amazing. Because Philip gets asked this question and he decides to give Jesus some information. Okay, imagine that, like Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but let me tell you something. Okay, he says. It says that Philip answers him. He says, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have just one bite. And and I think that's so funny when, when you read it because we do the same thing. We're like, God, I don't know if you know this, but it would take, and then we just feel in the reading, like, like God, here's why this is not going to work. Like, maybe maybe you feel God calling you or something or whatever, and you just, hey, God, this is not going to work. Let me give you some information. Here's the good news. The heroes of the faith, the people who bring us the story, the people that are the role models have the same exact struggle as you do. All right. And if you are making this up, you would make yourself look better because we all want to be like, oh, no, Jesus, let me tell you, I like, you know what? I'm going to have faith in you. Like, I don't know what we're going to do, but but I'm going to trust in you. That's not what he says. No, what he does is that points out how there's nothing they can do about it. It continues says another of his disciples Andrew Simon Peter's brother spoke up and he says hey here's a boy with five uh, barley loaves of bread and two small fish but how far will these go among so many again Andrew one of the heroes of the faith that that you know the foundation of Christianity says yeah listen Jesus all we got is this food that's not going to do anything there's 5,000 plus people here we can't do anything what happens next is so amazing and again you can be tempted to be like oh i've heard this story like i already know what happens but what happens next is so incredible and intersects with your life if you pay attention to this jesus tells them have the people sit down meaning this is important to note the disciples played a role in what was about to happen in jesus's plan he invited them he even invited them in the beginning and they struggled to see it Okay, with Andrew's answer and with Philip's answer, but they were invited. They they weren't the ones that were going to make it happen, but they were invited to play a role and Jesus would fill the gaps in. Jesus says to them, have the people sit down because there's plenty of place and grass to eat. And so they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, loaves gave thanks and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted and he did the same with the fish meaning he passes this food out and everybody gets food and i'm sure they were all amazed i mean you you if you were there you would be amazed as well and he then and then goes on to say when they had all had enough to eat he said to the disciples gather the pieces that are left let nothing be wasted again the disciples played a part and this is crazy and it and we get this detail that they gathered 12 baskets with the pieces of bread left over from those who had eaten and now notice the reaction this would be your reaction to and when people saw the sign jesus performed they began to say surely this is a prophet who has come into the world notice that no one took the praise for themselves Andrew didn't go, wow, everybody, look what I did with five loaves and two fish. Aren't I amazing? And so I'm so glad I found that little boy. Man, I am amazing. I'm a stud. Look at what I did. 
Philip, Philip didn't have that reaction either. Philip didn't go, wow, you know, I should start a business. You know, there's enough. If we sold all this, we could earn like three years worth of wages in like a day. Jesus, do that trick again. I should start a business out of this. Wow. I'm like, look at how good I, I have a great idea. Nope. That's not anyone's reaction. Their reaction was that all the credit went to Jesus, and rightfully so, okay? Because they didn't do anything. Jesus did it, but Jesus involved them. Now, here's the point, and here's the struggle for us. As I said in the beginning, you see stuff in the world that needs to be addressed, big or small. Maybe it's small things like people sitting alone, people not valuing themselves, people not respecting themselves, people struggling in school, and you see that, and there's something in your heart that when you notice that, that first off, that you notice it, that you're not too busy notice it, and you feel your heart being tugged in that direction, like, oh, I should do something. But then you're like, I don't know, is it weird to just go up to a stranger and be like, hey, I notice you're sitting by yourself. Can I join you for lunch? Like, oh, that's weird. Nobody does that. Like, but there's just something in you like, oh, I should do that. Okay. Or, oh, I noticed that somebody's struggling and, you know, maybe I should just ask if I could help them in some way. Like, again, nobody does that, but you just, something in you feels like you should do it. And you just, you have all the excuses and reasons for why you shouldn't, but yet something inside of you, you can't escape it. Maybe it's something big, even like bigger than that. Something like when you hear stories about human trafficking or homelessness or racial inequality, the need for racial justice, like you hear these things in your heart, your heartstrings are just constantly pulled in that direction. And you're like, oh, I should do something. Maybe I should find a way to volunteer. Maybe I should change my degree so that I could address this. Like your heart is pulled and tugged in that direction. Here's the thing, whether you're a Christian, a Jesus follower, and you think all this stuff is just fairy tale, you see this stuff, okay, and you're like, there's no way I'd ever believe that stuff, that's fine, I want you to set that aside for a second, but you see this stuff and it breaks your heart, and you think somebody needs to do something. You even dream of the things you do, like you know, like if I could snap my fingers, this is what I'd do, but as we said, the doubt comes in, you realize how much work it will take. Who am I to make a difference? I'm one person. And in that, this is, I think, the key thing, why this is one of the signs John pointed to, is that in that, there's a tangible sign that John saw, that John was a part of, where he saw that Jesus invited him, invited the others to be part of something, and Jesus would invite them to do what they knew to do, and he would take care of the rest. Key part in that is that Jesus invited them. This is not a episode on just, hey, have faith, trust God, do something, and Jesus will just take care of it. Like, just, just quit your job right now. Just drop out of school right now and go fix homelessness, and Jesus will make it happen. That's stupid, okay? All right, you got to be invited. But that, that's the key thing is that when Jesus invites you and you know it's from him, and you take that step, even though you have those doubts, he'll fill in the rest. And when he does and he responds in that way, your faith will grow. Because when you take an act, when you step out and you do something, and your act of faith intersects with God's faithfulness, you are going to be like, you know what? Wow, there's something here, regardless of what you believe, even if it contradicts anything that you believe. And so here's the thing is that even if you think all this is a fairy tale, that's fine. But what is amazing to me is that God, the creator of the world, would invite us in to play a role in these things. Like it'd be easier if he just said, guys, you know what? Here, snaps his fingers and bam, there's fish. 
and food for everyone. No, instead he invited them to play a role. And so, you know, the question is, what are you going to do with this? What do you do with that? Like, what are things in your life that you need to address and maybe take some steps towards action? I'm not asking you to change your beliefs, but, but when you feel that tension, what I am inviting you to do is to pay attention to it because maybe, just maybe, God is trying to get your attention. And I know, I know that maybe a pushback, Nate, I don't even know if I believe in God. That's okay, that's okay. I, that's fine. What I am saying, though, is pay attention to the tension because maybe, just maybe, the tension that you feel towards actions and things that need to be done, maybe that's coming from, from somewhere. Now, as I said, this is what we'll wrap up with, but as I said, this is intersecting my life. For me, I have a love-hate relationship with this story, partly be- partly because like I love it because it blows my mind, as I said, that Jesus invites us. Like he-, he could do so many other, I feel like, easier things, but yet he chooses to invite us. Um, but the the hate part, or not really hate, but where where I struggle with it is that it is just a reminder that, you know, when Jesus invites me into something, I notice in the story he created the need for it. Like they were in the middle of nowhere and he knew everybody was going to follow him and he created the need for this experience to happen to prove who he was. And so in his invitation, sometimes his invitation is into something hard where like you don't have control and where you have to, your only option is Jesus. And here's the thing. I like to be in control. I like to have enough money. I like to have enough resource, whatever it is. I want to be the one in, in control. But Jesus, this is a point where he illustrates that's not, you're not really in control anyway. That's just an illusion. But no, I don't want you to be dealing with that you're in control. I want you to give control what control you have to me. I'm inviting you towards something. And when you can't make it happen, I'm going to fill the gaps in. And again, it's not a license to be stupid, but it's a license to have big faith and to say, you know what? I'm scared. I'm not in control, but I know that God is inviting me to this. And so I'm going to step out. I may not always see how God's at work, but I'm going to step out and do it. And as I say that, there are things in my life that I know that I can clearly see God inviting me to, but scares the shit out of me, right? I know how hard this is because I don't want to do it. Like, it's easy for me to sit here behind this microphone and tell you what to do. Be like, yeah, you should do that. But when I think about my life, my family, my security, my house, my income, okay, uh, it gets a little dicey, right? Like, I don't think, I, uh, you know. Do I really want to step out in faith, take a risk? But this is a story that I come back to over and over again because Jesus showed up when the disciples played their part and Jesus showed up. And so that's what, that's the person, the type of person I want to be. I want to show up and do my part and trust that Jesus will do his, have a confidence from previous experiences, confidence from other people's stories that he will show up. But that's easy to say. It is very, very hard to do. Speaking of it being hard to do, I would love to hear your experiences around this. Maybe you have a story where Jesus showed up and filled the gaps in and did something amazing. I would love to hear that in our Facebook group. Share that. Maybe you're struggling with something that you know there's something you do and you're struggling because you don't see like 
is God going to show up and you're struggling with that and like you're not sure what to do? I would love to hear about that and us to share those stories. Maybe you think this is all BS and you want to push back on something. I'd love to hear that too. Join our Facebook group. It's a place to have these discussions and to have these talks. Love to see you guys there. I'll link it in the description. But the big takeaway from today's story is that in some crazy way, Jesus invites us to, to do our part. He invites us to do the things that we can do, and he will fill in the rest. And, and and that just blows my mind. So think about that throughout the week. Thank you so much for checking out Not Church, and we will see you next week as we wrap up the second half of this chapter, which is where some things get really crazy. So can't wait to see you next week. Peace. Peace.